There's a film podcast beyond that which is known to man. It's a podcast as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between Howard the Duck and Speed Racer, between Hocus Pocus and Tomorrowland, and it lies between the pits of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the Dimension of Goofs, and it's a podcast which we call The Equalizers. Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noel, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, The Rod to My Serling, Madison Jones. Madison <laughs> Jones, are you in good form? Should all the frequels be forgot, never brought to mega mind? Should all the frequels be forgot, and Dulé Hill was Poseidon the whole time? <laughs> Beautiful. Ah. Oh. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Madison, we did it. It's 2020. It's the end of the year. <laughs> Another year of no lawsuits from the, the franchises we've ruined. Yep. Dulé Hill has, still hasn't responded to any of our emails or texts. No. I I think I think we got a number in it. I think he gave us a fake number. I think he, yeah. I think he, uh, I think he ghosted you know, us a little bit. I am looking at it now in nine one one four twenty sixty nine one isn't even a, the correct amount of numbers. Even even it, though it would be the coolest phone number that exists. Absolutely. <laughs> oh God. Wait, did you uh, dial six 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 before? You have to do that before. Oh, the area code. I forgot the area code. Six 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 nine one one four twenty sixty nine. The ultimate phone number. Good lord. So. Madison, what did you think of the Twilight Zone? Oh, um, I I didn't have a good bit to 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 cross over into talking about the movie. I I admittedly, uh, just because I know what we're doing for this episode, which we'll get here for a second. Uh, for we'll get there in a minute, but I didn't watch it. I've seen it before. Um, I remember not really enjoying it as much as I've enjoyed the show in the past. Um, so I watched one of the segments all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. And I skipped most of the rest of them. Turns out yeah. I don't want to watch John Lithgow have an extremely visceral panic attack for 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But speaking... I mean, if, you want, if you want that, just watch the third rock from the sun. That's all exactly. he does on that. Is... Well, speaking of John Lithgow, we have some guests joining us here today. <laughs> and they are John Lithgow. Or can you believe it? We got him, everybody. We got him, everybody. Who knew? <laughs> Big fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs> superstar actor and avid frequent john lithgow is we, here with us today we, we tricked him to uh and said that this was a specifically season four dexter podcast <laughs> <laughs> but he's here now he can't escape that's podcast law yes well 
you've uh, heard their voices. You've heard them laughing. We're going to get them out. It's some, we got some all-stars, gang. We pulled out all the stops. We have a uh, friend, Avenger, hostile, hostile, friend, <laughs> Avenger, the captive judge and host of Gratuitous Pausing, Jackson Eflin. Jackson, welcome back to the Equalizers. Yep. I believe the last time we spoke with you, it was for Dora and the race to Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> In oh, which we holy. almost had talking animals as our X-Men. And I mean, honestly, you still kind of could have. Yeah, we still can. I mean, there's time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still 13 weeks till Avengers. Speaking of Avengers, we also have Avenger and friend of the show, cool dog enthusiast. And comrade of weed, Daniel Nah. Daniel, welcome back to the Equalizers. It's great to be here, Mike. Oh, God. Are you glad to see that my um, my ability to introduce guests has only grown stronger since the last time you were here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that we still get more and more titles like the Mother of Dragons. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much every time you all come on to pitch a movie, I, I tack something about that movie onto the list of titles. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, we have Jackson and we have Daniel here to help us with the Twilight Zone movie sequel. We decided it's the last episode of the year. We're going to have some friends on. We're going to fuck around a little bit. Uh, much like the Twilight Zone movie was written and directed by four different titans of the industry we figured what better way to round out the year and this sequel by bringing on a bunch of people to do a bunch of dumb bits and pitch yeah. some sketches for a twilight zone sequel uh so okay. i don't have any okay. ahead, replying therefore that 2020 was all of the twilight zone and that once we're done with 2020 we'll be free we'll be back into night zone or day zone whichever one we're headed for <laughs> yeah <laughs> Pretty sure Night Zone's a thing from uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, it has to be Night Zone because Night follows Twilight. This isn't. It's not the Dawn oh, no, Zone. New, new Moon follows Twilight. Oh, God how silly it. of me! <laughs> but when do we break? What, but when do we break Dawn? I don't. I don't understand. When? When is? When does uh, the Dawn break? Well, Dawn breaks uh, after. Actually, in chapter Midnight seven, Sun? they run into the um, the sea serpent, and the Dawn Treader gets wrecked, and it's like rebuild it. Got it, got it. Um, it's right after the chat uh, chapter where uh, um, where the wolf guy gets fleas, and they have to deal with that for a while. I don't know why y'all are saying chapters because this is the Twilight Zone. This it was an episode of the Twilight Zone, right? Oh, <laughs> yes, Yikes. that's a, a famous episode. Uh, Rod Sterling's Narnia. Well, uh, I only read the novelization of the Twilight Zone, so. <laughs> <laughs> Are you happy, Mike? Are you happy? Are you happy? Is this what you wanted? <laughs> Is this what I you mean, wanted? <laughs> I knew this was going to happen, and I'm still mad. Uh, so we're going to pitch. Each of us as intern is going to take um, about, we said probably about 10 minutes at the most, and pitch an idea for one segment of a Twilight Zone sequel. Um, I don't have any tomatoes this week. I started looking into it. I fell down a rabbit hole of research about something else that happened with the filming of this movie. Decided I wasn't having fun doing tomatoes for this movie, so I just stopped. <laughs> well, did it have something to do with the fact that people died during this yes. movie? Yes. So, uh, famously, in the filming of this movie, director John Landis uh, skirted labor laws and safety protocols, and three people died, two of them were children. Oh, that's not yeah. great. 
Yeah, we're going to put a, a warning at the top of this that we that it comes up just in case. Yeah, but, real uh, great yeah. thing to do when you have a helicopter in your... Yeah, some of the pyrotechnics went off. It threw it, like, hit the helicopter, stopped, like, shredded one of the blades or something like that. It tailspinned in the back blades of the helicopter, decapitated actor Vic Morrow. Oh, my um, God. And killed one of the children. or two, oh One God. of the children immediately. The other one later died, I believe, in the hospital. You can look it up. We're not going to post any any links in the show notes to these articles but if you want to look into it you can seriously um, as long as this episode has less than has less than three deaths it is <laughs> it is ahead of the curve i mean a twilight zone movie with less than three deaths is considered a pretty tame affair <laughs> thank yeah. you so <laughs> madison uh do you have any bits that you'd like to do uh this week uh, any math? Any liquids? Any? I'm drinking liquids today. Um, got some. Congratulations! Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, I know you've been I, working hard to get back to after you after you shuttered Madison's liquids. I know it was a long road back to being able to drink liquids again. Yeah, I actually this is my first liquid since the last Madison liquid segment. Uh, so I've been very dry, uh, very very dry, just my entire body since then. So you've been you've been injecting water right into your veins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To keep yeah. hydrated. Yeah. My my tongue was uh, uh, like sandpaper, basically, mm. before drinking this today. That's hot. Okay. I so. so. <laughs> um, what I have done here is I have created a Twilight Zone episode generator, uh, which all of you can find in the chat. It'll be the uh, the third option in, of the... Th- there are three links. The third one is just, that's the full screen of the, um, just the generator. Uh, what we're going to do is we'll take it in turn to generate um, an idea here. Um, what I'll say is you can generate multiple. Go ahead and generate till you find one that you like. Um, and what we'll do is just then you can start. We can also ask questions to help if you're stumbling, you know, things like that. You can take it as seriously as you want. You can take it as not seriously as you want. It can be political commentary. It can just be something where at the last second you say, oh, and by the way, this is the twist. Um, whatever you want to do. But everybody, we're going to say a maximum of 10 minutes. And if you get done and it's not, you don't have to do the whole 10. If you get done, you're done. And we can go on to the next person. But we will proceed as the podcast constitution dictates in alphabetical order. So, Daniel, you will be going first. All right. Let me find. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, do I read the prompt out loud first, or yes? All right. And um, unlike the warm up ones, there's no additional notes that we right. are going to like throw at you or whatever. This all of the twists and turns are entirely under your control. Okay. Yep. So my prompt is: the family of Satan arrives in the Vatican. <sighs> oh boy. Uh, which I thought had a lot of legs. So uh, I think we open on. You know what? Let's make it Christmas. You know, tis the season. It's Christmas Ooh. in Rome. You know, they're having mass at the Vatican. And a family of four dressed smartly in red, I guess. I don't know if this is the Twilight Zone. Maybe it's in black and white. I don't know. They're dressed smartly in suits and, and dresses and the Ooh. like. It's it's a sequel to the movie, so it isn't. it would be in color. Oh, okay. We... I, I also did not watch the movie like Madison. Um, all right. Sure. Uh, so That's they right. are dressed in uh, uh, red or, or black or a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so the the 
Pope? Does the Pope lead Mass in the Vatican during Christmas? Yes. Okay. I believe so. The Pope's up there doing his thing. And then, like, spooky stuff starts happening. You know, like, he goes to pour the holy water or the wine, a liquid of some sort that they have at Mass. I'm not Catholic. I'm sorry, folks. Um, And it turns into (laughs) blood instead. And it's like, ooh, what's going on? And uh, there's also... I don't know. Let's let's put a detective in this because I think we need another viewpoint besides the Satan family. There's a detective okay. who's uh, and having a hard year. His marriage is on the rocks. Uh, he came here to find God again. Um, he's kind of a lapsed Catholic. He you know goes to mass uh, once a year because he he feels he should. And uh, he's like, well, what's going on? There has to be a, a rational explanation for this. Well, you know, uh, the Pope's praying because Satan's invaded the church or something. Uh, and uh, so it's one of those things where, like, he finds things that could be the reason for, you know, oh, there's um, maybe there's uh, this chemical reaction that could happen that could turn the wine into something that looks like blood or, oh, the, you know, there's they found a dead animal in the uh, altar or whatever when they opened it up. And it's like, well, you know that could have snuck in because, you know, there was, uh, there was a drought and so the wildlife's very hungry and didn't get enough food to try to find food in here. It got stuck and died. Uh, the wildlife of the Vatican. Well, I mean, you know, in, in the, like, Italian countryside, uh, <laughs> a goat or whatever. Yeah, it would probably be a goat. You know, that's, like, satanic. Uh, and biblical. So, um, you know, um, and uh, I think the I think the family, like, is helping him investigate this is like we don't believe this is the devil either um and i i think this is one of those things where at the end it, it leaves it like very ambiguous like well was that family the devil and then twilight music no no paramore mike do what no paramore mike come on So you're saying that the detective is here ostensibly to try to find God again or to poke holes? Like, is he, like, drunk in Italy and stumbles upon Christmas Mass? And you and I, like, he's, yeah. like, sad about the divorce and yeah, he's drunk yeah, and happens yeah, yeah, to yeah. see Christmas Mass happening okay. and, and stumbles into, like, I, I think that yell is, at God? Yeah, or, the vibe, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's he found himself in the middle of this supernatural thing. And I think it, you know, it's... Uh, I think at the end, even he's doubting it, but, like, there's just not enough evidence either way. It could really go either way. And I don't know, maybe uh, maybe at the end we find out that family's, like, uh, respected members of the church. And that's, like, mm. that's, that's, like, a political statement that the Twilight Zone could make. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Isn't this just the plot of Angels and Demons? <laughs> Like, you mean the Dan Brown book turned movie? Uh, there's a lot more Illuminati in the an antimatter bomb. Yeah, surprisingly, an antimatter bomb. <laughs> oh, did I not uh, mention the antimatter bomb? <laughs> yeah, you did forget. Yeah, that's what the goat was here looking for. Yeah, um, it w- it was in the Pope's hat the whole time. <laughs> the the Pope's minor is an antimatter bomb. Uh, I'm copying that idea. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, okay. Well, there's that was about five minutes. Anybody else has any questions? I mean, pretty much just sat down and rocked it. So, 
uh, uh, cast it real fast for us. Yeah. All right. Who's the Who's the detective? The detective is uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who plays Don Draper. Oh, John Hamm. John Hamm. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I almost said who plays the Pope. Like that was <laughs> going to be a big deal. Wait, are you well, are you suggesting we get the actual Pope? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, I, I started to ask that. I mean, we got some poll here, Madison. John Lithgow is here. That's we true. have some poll. Um, yeah, he's just sitting. He's just sitting behind you in a rocking chair, just going a little slow at first, and then he speeds it up a little fast, and then he goes slow again. Um, I meant to say, is the Pope an actual character, or is he just the one leading Mass? And we don't really interact with the Pope a lot in this episode. Yeah, I, th- I think the Pope is a distant figure. I don't think he's a primary mover Yeah, so go shaker. fuck yourself, Madison. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Someone still has to play him. Such uh, a good, fun end of the year episode, uh, you piece of shit. It's Andy Circus in mocap, of course. <laughs> Naturally, his greatest role yet. Far away, Pope. Poe cap. Poe cap. Oh god. <laughs> uh, so who's the family? Uh, the I family, mean, yeah. Uh, so the father is obviously gonna be um, again. I'm Brian Cranston is the name. Um, ooh, yeah. yeah. Feeling that. Okay. Uh, the mother is. Sorry, I just thought, what if I just cast this with the actors from Malcolm in the Middle? <laughs> That'd be great. I don't think that's really quite so the great. vibe I'm I'm going for. Uh, Honestly, actually, you know what? It, actually, you know what? I'm gonna scratch uh, Brian Cranston, even though I love him dearly, because um, Giancarlo Espinito, I, I think that's how you yes. pronounce his name. I think would make yeah. a great devil. He's very scary. Um, he's the one who plays uh, the 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 chicken guy in Breaking Bad, and also he's in The Mandalorian as Moff Gideon. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Um, so the the mom or mother figure or wife uh, would be... Uh, I don't know that many actors. Who's a stern-looking... Oh, let's let's make it uh, Gillian Anderson. She's doing stuff right okay. now. Yeah. I yeah. think she could do it. Um, yeah, definitely. And the, there's got to be at least one kid, I feel. Maybe two. Um, I don't know any kid actors though, so I'm just someone who looks creepy. So just any child. Yeah, any child. Yeah, any child okay. will do. Finn, Finn Wolfhart, we'll do it again. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's not busy. Yeah. <laughs> he's our go-to kid actor who is totally 19 right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you should all have a list of kid actors next to your computer, but that should be very weird very fast. You know what? It it'll be Elliot Page and Michael Cera. They're coming back together for one last. One last gig. God. They're going to follow up their dynamic chemistry as uh, teen teen lovers who got pregnant to play the children of Satan. Yep. <laughs> A natural progression Beautiful. in one's career. Beautiful. All right. Uh, what do you call this little tale? Ooh. You said earlier something about this. You said tis the season earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's something that you want to use or if you have another title for... Um, I am actually very bad at titling things, even like in my own work. So I don't hate "Tis the Season." The other thing I was off, like immediately, my knee jerk was only like "The Devil Comes a Knocking," something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a little on the nose, also. So I don't know. Maybe some. I mean, like it is the Twilight Zone, though. Like spice it up, like like "Tis the Damn Season" or whatever. <laughs> Tis, the, Tis damn the Damn Season. <laughs> Tis okay. the Season parentheses evil. <laughs> Tis the season, parentheses, Giancarlo Esposito was the devil the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 
Well, uh, I'll just I'll leave tis the season for now, and then yeah. if we if this comes up in any relevant way, I, we can change it. But right now, it's not. Uh, okay, then moving on again via the rules laid down by Mark Marin in the podcast Constitution, we'd move alphabetically to Jackson. It'll be your turn. Sure, um, I'm going with the first one I came up because I love this. Uh, a gruel monger is excited to go in a mysterious car. I feel like the phrase gruel monger. Um, yeah, I got I got weird with some of the characters. This is on the generator that I made. This is line like a hundred and sixty of like character of like descriptions. So they get weird after a while. Now, question: Is it like a blank monger, and you're doing several different things, or is it gruel monger's own? Character? I'm pretty sure for whatever reason, gruel monger was just a word I came up with. Hell yeah! It, to be a monger, don't you like know you a lot about different types? uh, yeah (laughs) about a bunch of different types of things so there's a this is an expert on gruel yeah he sells gruel i mean a a monger is i'm pretty sure somebody who just sells like like sommelier is somebody who knows a lot about wine i'm pretty sure monger is just a person who sells that thing Mm -hmm. like a fishmonger sells fish a gruel monger sells gruel okay all right jackson your 10 minutes have begun okay so uh this is about a gruel monger it's an uh sort of ailing lady who has like um, we're, we're sticking with seasonal. It's kind of it's cold out, and so she's like selling some different kinds of gruel on the streets. Uh, not very expensive, but you know she's not she's not they're not it's not great gruel. It's more like you're walking by, you're on your way to work, and you need like two dollars for like a pot of uh like oysters in breaded soup, whatever. Um, but <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Chowder, that's what we're looking for, chowder. <laughs> Suddenly you just oysters and soggy bread. Yeah, pretty much that, in a cup. Uh, but a, a limo drives up, and like the window rolls down. We never see who's talking. Uh, and he's like, hey, would you like to, uh, I'd like to buy some gruel? And she's like, all right, cool. You know, money comes out. She gives him the gruel. He, he has some. He's like, hmm, interesting. Get in the car. And for, like... <laughs> 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 Probably a longer conversation, but I'm speedrunning through it to get to the point. Uh, she gets in and drives her somewhere, and suddenly it's like like a bright spring day. It drops off in front of this house, and uh, she's with a fa- there's a family there who's like, oh, person name of character Julia, not Julia, whatever. Uh, and Julia, mm-hmm. she mentioned some- someone earlier, never had a, doesn't really know her family, doesn't you know, she's estranged from everybody, but it's a new family where she knows everybody, she's happy. It's like this. Kind of small, rundown house, but every every day there she loves. Uh, she makes you know, she keeps making soup, makes like better soup. It's like a nice kind of like roasted vegetable soup uh, with like some cumin or whatever. Time passes. Uh, limousine pulls up again. She's like, "Hey, want to buy some soup? It's better soup." Buys it. Uh, same kind of thing. She gets in the car, drives a nicer house. Like it's like an upscale part of the neighborhood, gated community kind of thing. And she's gone from like. Oh, she's like a small family that loves her to like this really big family. She's got like a husband now and grandkids and all that jazz. Um, uh, and this proceeds a few times. Every time it's like, you know, hey, buy this gruel um, or like, buy this soup, nicer neighborhood. But at, at some point she's like kind of rushing because she's lost track of the time because she's enjoying the glitz and glamour too much, all the jewels and like um, like this really pretty dog and I don't know, other ritual things. <laughs> um, and so she kind of like rushes it. This is just like, uh, it's like from a can, throw in a little bit of paprika or whatever, and hands it over. The guy's like, yeah, sure, fair enough. And she's like, wow, I'm have to actually 
work for the nice things. And so the next time the guy comes around, uh, it's just like, just, it's just water with like some soggy bread in it. And, and he <laughs> takes her and he drops her off, uh, at the, at the old place where she was before with, you know, her table and not very good chowder and she never sees mm-hmm. him again. That's it. Huh. That's what I got. Madison, leave in all of that silence. Do not truncate <laughs> any of the silence in the edit. So it's sort of like the day in the life, where like it's like this kind of like meeting of these two people and their wild experience together. Sort of. I mean, I think my take was it's more like the the meteoric rise and then getting too caught up in the good things and not actually doing the work. I don't know. It's, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, kind of like it a, suddenly seems kind of like yeah. like a I don't know parable type thing of like don't. You know, like you have to keep working for the good things that you've earned or whatever. So the man in the limo is Satan. And... Probably. Yeah. And his wife and two children yes. played by... Or or is he death? Is he Satan oh. or death? Hmm. He's John Lithgow. Mm. <laughs> this is what John Lithgow does. He gives you families. I mean, yeah. he's he's nodding fervently over here. Like yes. two thumbs up, like definitely agreeing he, with that sentence. He just won't stop nodding. It's like it's kind of like disturbing. He just keeps nodding up and down, up and down, up and down, <laughs> as he's rocking back and forth in the rocking chair. Um, uh, he has pulled so, out a bowl of soup from somewhere. I didn't quite catch. Yeah, hmm. looks to be a couple oysters and some soggy bread. So I'm a little bit alarmed. Are we birthing things into existence? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Jackson, who's, so the whole, is the whole thing in montage of her making soup, getting in limo or like, what's like, oh yeah, it's like, probably just, like, a, like a montage quality. Like it's like, we're kind of, there's points we're kind of skipping through time pretty quickly to like, to the point. Okay. So at the beginning then, do we set her up as a character who cares about people or like what's because why do we care most of it's kind of a montage of her making soup getting in a limo getting out of the nicer house making soup getting in a limo, getting out of the nicer house with more family like why do we as the audience care about this person to uh, begin with and her getting nice things uh she's probably kind of down in her luck probably like, you know she's nice people to kind of ignore her she's like she's seems pleasant enough but clearly has had a hard life like she's not like well dressed it's more like this is stuff i got from like the bargain bin at the shelter that kind of thing like maybe we see like a thing of like she's like really behind on her student loan payments or something and like it's clearly she like worked really hard to mm-hmm. like get to the point where she is and she's not making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, girl college these days is not cheap. I yeah. Mean, she could have gone to a state girl college, but she went to a private she, girl she, academy. She majored in girl and minored in cheese sandwiches. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, like, in this economy, so irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> Who plays Julia? Uh, I was, like, scrolling through, like, lists of older actresses, and uh, Selma Hayek jumped out at me. I'm like, you know what? Sure. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, look over that. I don't think we ever see whoever's in the car, but we're, we're like, a, like, a nice, deep voice or whatever. You know, some kind of, like... James Earl uh, Jones. Honestly, honestly, I'm going to go with uh, uh, John Carlos Esposito. Like, you... <laughs> He's got a good voice. He has a really good yeah. voice. <laughs> Giancarlo's getting paid overtime on this movie. <laughs> it's, a, it's, like, it's like kind of like the running of thread all the way through all the different parts to like make a cohesive whole. 
Giancarlo is the Satan thread that holds this movie together. <laughs> uh, what do you call on this one, Jackson? Ah, fuck. Um, uh, it's a gruel world. I don't know. It's a gruel world isn't bad. Gruel intentions. Gruel oh, yeah. Hey, gruel intentions. Yes. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> All right. We may have enough time to go back around once again if people want to. Mm -hmm. uh, Madison, you're up. All right. <laughs> I landed on one that I'm very excited about. The ghost of a Victorian child arrives on the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> um, so... Um... <laughs> the face Daniel has made is... <laughs> Are you worried? So... I think the story, I don't think it's like the Great British Bake Off, technically. Like, it's an alternate version of the same thing. Like, it's the big, it's a big baking competition That's that British. is on, that is, that is British, that films in Berkshire, mm. you know, it's, it's all the, the, the amazing Albion cooking competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we follow, like, the main character, and I think it's like a, um. Is it the Judge Rowell Bollywood? <laughs> Um, there is one, there's one judge who wears the crispest denim, everything. And it's like, <laughs> I think we're following, like, our protagonist is a, a young uh, British woman who, it opens up, you see her uh, baking a lot, you see her kitchen, it's just kind of like a mess. Then um, she eventually gets word when she's hanging out with friends that she made it on the faux Great British Baking Competition. Mm -hmm. And so she gets the chance to go and uh go and spend time um and compete in this thing i think they go through the first few rounds and i think we get uh, like a cast of like uh, sort of like reality show characters of like the overconfident dick there's the um there's the like the social media influencer who's just there to uh get uh more exposure i think uh, <laughs> this is where it differs from the great british bake-off i think there's a guy who's in the ira whatever there's a texan there <laughs> I think like the first competition goes off pretty okay and then suddenly like I think the, our protagonist notices like oh like cake mix the the cake batter that I was making moved over here for that sponge that I was doing. Mm. Uh I think we get little hints of stuff like that and then I think on one of the final competitions like someone gets legitimately like hurt. I think like they're like they're going down to they're going down to uh look at their cake in the stove. Mm -hmm. And their stove flies open and hits him in the head and like flies him back and like it knocks him out. Uh, you know, kitchen pranks. Ghosts, yeah. Lots of ghosts. My favorite Guy Fieri show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so they make their way through the competition. I think people are noticing these things and where it differs from like how the Great British Bake Off looks is like I think we actually see them like going home and like staying on the property and preparing their stuff like practicing and everything and while they're staying in that big house that's on the property the protagonist starts hearing voices and something that's trying to reach out to her and it is this obviously the ghost of this victorian child and what i imagine is is that this victorian child is haunting this property in berkshire because their family used to live here and own the house and everything and that the ghost wants to ruin the competition because um, it bothers them that this competition is happening on, on this place where they're haunting, right? Yeah. So that's what I got right now. 
how does it resolve? Like, do they need to ghost bust the Victorian child? Uh, does the child run them off? Does it kill people? Like, what's the... I think, how do you want this I, to resolve? I think that eventually, like, the judges and the the production team kind of finds out about this ghost. And they call in, like, a ghost hunter uh, team. I think they only, like, half believe it. Um, but they're like, maybe this will work, whatever. And they do it. Um, and it fails. And obviously, I think the protagonist teams up eventually with the Victorian child because it's a child and like they it's like yeah this is their place it's not ours we come and disturb it here every single year for this baking competition show that is yeah I think they team up and um, she helps the child destroy the baking competition and like make it end like or like like leaves it with no winner but I think at the same time the child is helping is sabotaging other contestants so she can stay and like help them you know mm-hmm. i think she's the the child's like switching like someone's sugar with salt is turning up the uh turning up the oven of like the texan when they were doing like baked alaska or something mm-hmm. um you know is there some you, kind you, of y'all, y'all got any y'all got any ki- kitchen ghost pranks that you want to add into this uh made a loud noise and made the souffle collapse that's a, that's a classic kitchen prank you can do to someone. Yeah. I mean, it can just push over a giant tiered cake onto someone. Okay. Write, write a rude message in frosting oh, on a cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's it just writes F-U Paul Hollywood. <laughs> um, it unplugs one of the, the refrigerator suppers. It's like, oh, I got to get my bakery into the into the thing to chill. Like 30 minutes later, oh, no, it was off the whole time. Yeah, they unplug they unplug the fridge. Um, Throw somebody's ice cream into the trash can. The yeah, ghost yeah. Uh, possesses a host at one point and forces them to create a new twist in the middle of the competition. <laughs> oh, that's good. And it's like you suddenly have to add sparklers to everything. <laughs> this is like including me. This is white chocolate. This is going to melt really fast if there's sparklers on it. Do it. <laughs> uh, there, there's definitely one of the things where you see. Because I think it's going to happen every time when one of the bakers is carrying their th- their their uh, showstopper up to the judges. I just am so worried that they're going to trip or fall. I think that happens at least once in in the competition. You see this really elaborate, really well done showstopper just fall apart because the person like trips or something like that. Is there a sense of like comeuppance at the end? Like, what's the kind of cathartic button? At the end, so it seems like this one doesn't end poorly for everyone involved. Like the main character and the ghost seem to get a happy ending. What's the like catharsis? Well, I think there's a, um, I I think like what's they call the Ghostbusters in or whatever. Um, <laughs> Once Paul Hollywood puts in a call to the Ghostbusters, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once Paul Hollywood call, calls the Ghostbusters, I think they are like, oh, we can't get rid of the ghost. It's a very powerful spirit you should all just leave. And I think they're like, no, like, so I think they know about the ghost and everything. Mm. And they start doing like the producers and the judges start, uh, doing things to prevent the ghost and like hurt it. And like, so it's kind of like a battle there. So they, they eventually turn to the, to be the bad guys, I think. And seeing the ghost suffer is what makes our protagonists like care. And it's just like, you know what? Like this baking competition is silly. It's like, we're, um, and these people are vicious and cruel to this ghost child who's just trying to 
live out their afterlife in peace, right? I didn't care about appropriating your land until they were bullies about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, what do we call it? Great British ghost off. Um, a a spooky cake. Showstopper? <laughs> mm, I like showstopper. Showstopper is good. Because they're showstopper. literally stopping the show. Do you exactly. get it? Exactly. Do you understand? Yeah. Let me take my 10 minutes to explain the joke to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that fits. Okay. Uh, can, can I ask... Uh, can I ask who plays uh, the ghost child and who plays the protagonist? Well, Finn Wolfhard clearly, <laughs> plays, the, clearly plays the ghost, Perfect. ghost child. Yep. Got it in one. Um, uh, <laughs> um, someone like uh, John Travolta plays the Paul Hollywood character. Okay. Mm. Um, I love it. Yeah. I, I want to see John Travolta be a very uh, uh, brutish baking judge for sure. Good. So are there just... Is this a show about the great British bake-off that involves no British actors? Because I kind of... Yes, it is. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Just making sure. No, they are yeah. all... They all are doing British accents. Sure, but... but like, e- yes. even, even the Texas... Even the Texan man has a British Texan <laughs> accent that is only really the, hard to only, name down. <laughs> only the person from Texas. You hired a British person yes, to do an like American that. accent. Yes, The yeah, one yeah, person yeah. who's not supposed to be British is played by a British actor. I like that yeah, a lot. Exactly. Good. And that's been it at Cumberbatch. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. I was going to say, he, he already can't do, like, a normal American accent, so his Texan one's going to be, mwah, choice. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, I have mine, um, and I decided to go much dumber than all of you. Um, my pitch is four Mark Wahlbergs are excited to leave the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we open on Mark Wahlberg waking up in the Grand Canyon. He doesn't know how he got here. This is clearly like he went to bed the night before or whatever. Like he's rendered unconscious and he wakes up. And over the next few minutes, he encounters three other people also mysteriously here in the Grand Canyon. They're also Mark Wahlbergs. Um, and they're trying to figure out what's obviously what's going on. Why are there four of them? Is it some kind of trick? Uh, is one of them maybe an imposter? And I think the whole time we're playing um the thing kind of of like who's the who's the imposter somebody here is doing this um but they have to get out of the grand canyon uh because there's i mean the one they can't survive there but um there's it's night i'm sure there's predators i don't know if there are predators in the grand canyon but there must be um and so they're trekking their way out of the grand canyon on foot cuz they don't that's just how they are i think also um, maybe mysteriously they're handcuffed together as well. All four, like it's, it, this is a very odd situation of just four of the same person and they're all handcuffed together. No one remembers how they got there. Um, and as we go, they start to talk to each other and it seems like they're pretty much the same person. There are some subtle differences. Um, like one of them doesn't like, oh no, my brothers aren't. Donnie and uh, my brothers are Ronnie and Chad and Chad Wahlberg. Uh, and Chad Wahlberg yeah so um, Zippy Wahlberg one as we go along <laughs> one of them is British um, they start to and very posh like super posh <laughs> British um, he's for some reason still has he has an umbrella like that he's just like a cane like a walking <laughs> sure. stick but Nobody else has anything like that. Um, and they start to decide 
that they are, um, for some reason, these are all like alternate universe. Like, hey, you guys ever heard of alternate universes? Mm. Um, oh, so like Crest of Infinite Wahlbergs. <laughs> yeah, Crest of Infinite Wahlbergs, yeah. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> that, that attempt at Mark Wahlberg impression was, uh, I, I, I loved it. No fear. Uh, fear cuts deeper than swords. Um, I... I'm kind of stumped because the middle just seems like it's a lot of walking and talking. Um, mm. Maybe they come to rely on each other. <laughs> like, because they're handcuffed together, they have to fight off, like, predators. Um, they're not really able to break the handcuffs for a while. At some point, they are. They stop finally to rest, and they just start bashing the chains with a rock. And they, they manage to break the cuffs. Um, but it's still a long way to trek out. Um, at some point, British Mark Wahlberg or Sir Marcus Wahlberg, um, <laughs> like breaks his ankle, and so they have to like make a st- like a splint. They have to get him out of there. Um, uh, they they encounter a camp of some other people uh, who have like supplies and a cell phone, but the people uh, won't help them. They actually are extru- for like almost seemingly unbelievably antagonistic to them for generally no reason. And I think that as they manage to finally make their way out, there's a huge round of applause. Uh, they look around and they see a few people there. One of those people being Jeremy Piven. Uh, they were trying to write a new entourage <laughs> season and they needed to field test uh, some ideas with uh, Mark Wahlberg since he was the creator behind Entourage. It was supposed to be loosely based off his life. Oh my god. Ooh. Yes. That's a good twist. Now, uh, um, can I ask who you're getting to uh, who you're getting to for cast uh, to play Mark Wahlberg? Yes. So um, we're going to get Mark Wahlberg. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I, I know. Risky. Yeah. A little out of left field there. I know. Um, we called Benedict Cumberbatch, and he said no. Uh, can we not? Then, can we not cast Donnie Wahlberg as Donnie Wahlberg? Can it be someone else? Oh, Donnie Wahlberg's not in this movie. Oh, okay. Why would no? Donnie, it's for Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> and Jeremy Piven, who also was the devil. Just because my favorite okay. uh, family for, board game for Mark Wahlberg's and Jeremy Piven. Man, I just want to. I just want an entourage movie of them all being chained together in the desert now, or something like that. <laughs> like, trying to survive. They're, they're trying to. They're trying to capitalize <laughs> far too late on that hangover energy mm-hmm. of four friends waking up in the middle of nowhere, not remembering how they got there, and having to piece it together and, and scrap to survive. And you know, the, the the ratings are saying that people are just finding entourage not relatable enough. So they really had to bring them low to this point of survival. The, uh, um, the pitch meeting was, uh, all right, you know Hangover and you know Orphan Black. Well, get ready. <laughs> just, I just want that scene, Johnny Drama, uh, complaining about his, uh, there's like sand in his eye or something, or like sand in his crotch or something like that. That's, that'd we, be a great scene. We do also have to reveal that there was only one Mark Wahlberg. He was just like sure. delusional. And so he was also oh. then doing all of the voices. So like his own ankle is broken. Like his leg is mangled because when he didn't think he was Sir Marcus Wahlberg, he was walking around on a shattered ankle without a splint. Oh God. Yeah. It's pretty grim. Can we For a pitch with four Mark Wahlbergs, it's pretty grim. 
I imagine like he's doing like the uh the Smeagol thing like the entire time of and like at different moments he's like he said it was supposed to be like an entourage sort sort of like like movie or something or like Yeah, they're they're focus testing an entourage movie, so but okay. or a new idea for a movie, but because it's based off of like Entourage was loosely based off of Mark Wahlberg's yeah, yeah, yeah. some of his experiences in Hollywood or whatever. They were like, well, fuck, we need to base it off of his experience, so let's throw him into this experience and see what he does. I like the idea that all the different personalities are the different guys from Entourage. Like, it's like he's trying to be Johnny... He's, he's pretending to be Johnny Drama at one. He's but see, he doesn't know. And then Turtle. He doesn't know yeah, yeah. that that's what this is. Yeah. This is just like some kind of psychotic break where he believes he's a slightly different Mark Wahlberg whose brothers aren't named Donnie and whatever the fuck the other brother they, is. They put, they gave him a lot of LSD when they drugged him and dropped mm. him off. Mm. And the fourth one is like a very intellectual, like author type okay. who's written many books, but <laughs> he just King. says that, but we never, yeah, basically, but we never, we never are told what type oh. of books or any of their titles. He got just it, keeps repeating it. that he has written many books. Usually, it's I've written many books on the subject. Like whenever they're talking uh, about uh, anything, a small monograph. Um, so I just need, I don't know if there's no other questions. I need to come up with a title as well. Um, yeah. uh, off the wall, Berg. Uh, give me a sec. He's doing the math. Could we just name it Mark Wahlberg four times? Wahlberg, 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 Wahlberg. Oh no, he just appeared in my room. <laughs> um, oh my god, no. John Lithgow just turned into mark Wahlberg, he just oh, slowly is, pulled this is a latex mask on. Um, <laughs> real downgrade in my opinion yeah for sure i'm gonna i'm gonna call it mark of a man because ooh, i think a ooh, lot of the a lot of the the actual thing of them is like a scrapping for survival and like what it means to be a man like sure. that kind of thing like because mark Wahlberg, i'm sure has a lot of very problematic ideas about what it means to be a man. oh almost certainly so. mm-hmm. oh absolutely <laughs> Have you watched Entourage? No. <laughs> no. I have I have something called self-respect. Oh uh. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, keep keep going. We gotta fill about ten more minutes. Let's do that for Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, we could do a speed round where everybody takes five minutes if we want to do one more. I mean, yeah. Just right. fuck it. Yeah. It'll be a double-sized film. Yeah. Um, Why not? So we'll start at the top again, Daniel. This All one right. doesn't need to be as good. And also, I think this one, make it as stupid as you can. Like, okay. not stupid, but like, just chew in a weird twist at some point. That should be the, All right. the metric. Uh, Let me know when you've got one. I'll start yeah, your timer. Yeah, yeah, Um. And it's okay. An aspiring kid detective wants to win a contest. Great. All right. So uh, we've got Finn Wolfhart as a child detective. <laughs> of course. Uh, Johnny Clues is his name. We're trying to get like an Encyclopedia Brown sort of sure. franchise going. Johnny Clues, uh, kid detective, uh, wants to win uh, a soapbox soapbox racing contest yeah there's no mystery that's the twist um he's, he's also just a child so he really just wants to win this contest um <laughs> spend some time with his dad um who is also a detective uh named robert clues uh of course naturally um and and so they uh he he convinces his dad to help him build a soapbox but then it gets 
uh, uh, sabotaged, and now it is a mystery because they got to figure out who's trying to stop them from winning the race. Um, and it's the FBI <laughs> because <Okay. laughs> the prize has been booby trapped by terrorists who hate America. And, uh, you know, Robert, Robert Clues, uh, old, old Robbie Clues has, has, has stopped a lot of terrorists in his day. And, you know, he is target number one. It would be a huge blow to America to lose Robert Clues. And so they said, you know, no matter what, we can't let Robert Clues and his son get that first prize trophy. Cause then they could die. And, and then the terrorists would win. Uh, can I pitch an alternate twist ending? Sure, please do. The dad wrecked it because he doesn't want to spend time with his kid. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, the, we, we find out this whole FBI conspiracy, yes. and at the very end it turns out uh, none of that was true. His dad made it all up because he just fucking hates his kid. <laughs> uh, who... In in the last two minutes here, who's playing Robbie Clues? Uh, or Robert, I guess, but yeah. Uh, John Lithgow. <laughs> Jeez. So just to be clear, the like 75-year-old oh. John Lithgow oh. has a teen-year-old son. Yes. Oh, wait. Mark Wahlberg has taken another mask off. It's John Lithgow again behind <laughs> you. We saved him. Um, what do you call it? Uh... Mm. The Great Soapbox Mystery. <laughs> I don't know. Perfect. I got nothing. So that, that should be Johnny Clues and the Great Soapbox Mystery. Of course. Perfect. There we go. I'll do it. Perfect. Okay. Uh, Jackson. Okay. Um, mine is a wrestler is still turning into an eel at Notre Dame. Uh, so there, it's kind of a like a, uh, like a making a point kind of thing. Uh, they've set up a uh, a wrestling ring in Notre Dame Cathedral, and look, there's a wrestler representing the Catholic Church and a wrestler representing <laughs> the Protestants. <laughs> yep, that works. Uh, and so we're focusing on um, uh, the Protestant wrestler who is like the kind of like a big name star who's kind of like you know, he's retired from wrestling, was kind of more like help me make the point kind of thing, but he's. So let's turn into an eel. Uh, after each match, he finds himself getting like these scales, uh, like the bulging eyes, like the um, the ridge down uh, down the back, uh, the, the jaw, and all that jazz. Um, and mm-hmm. he's sort of so kind of like what it means, and uh, like how like is it like a, a sign from God? Is this like a, a spiritual thing? Is, is he being punished for being <laughs> being a Protestant? Um, uh, there's like long conversations <laughs> with a nun where he like unpacks his sins or whatever, like his relationship with his father, you know, some shit. Um, uh, and then, like, I think the twist is, like, uh, you know, he he's in the last match, like, you know, if he wins, then, you know, he's, he's still gonna turn into an eel all the way. Uh, he does win and he doesn't, then later revealed it was just, like, a, a science thing, nothing to do with God, there's no... This doesn't actually prove it. There's, there's no proof about God in, in this match. It's just it was part of, like, a side experiment gone wrong. I have additional questions. Was he, uh, did he escape some kind of science experiment and not realize, or were they secretly experimenting on him, like, while he slept? Um, I think he had some sort of, like, uh, he's getting older, so he has some, some, like, some meditating for some sort of, like, 
heart condition or like to maybe it was like a steroids thing, you know, just like you know enhancing his skills or whatever. But it was like an experimental mm-hmm. steroid made from eel venom or whatever. At, at one point, I do need in the middle of a match for the uh, commentators to say, "By God, here comes Martin Luther with a steel chair." And then a man dresses Martin Luther comes and, and smashes the Catholic wrestler very hard in the back. <laughs> For sure. Also, I think um, I, I, I think the uh, the Catholic wrestler is like a like their theme is nuns, but it's like it's um, uh, what's his name? He plays uh the the gray man from uh Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, Batista. Yeah, yeah, Dave Batista oh, dressed as a nun. Um. Who's playing the Protestant wrestler? Uh, I thought like maybe like Vincent Nafio. Interesting. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I I like the idea that the Martin Luther's chair just has ninety five theses written on on it. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yeah. He's just got a he's got a bat that says ninety nine theses on it that he like <laughs> hits him in the way. yeah good. Um, actually, the the Catholic wrestler has it because it's his bat again. God. What do you call what do you call in this one? Oh, uh, eel face turn. Eel face turn. Wow. <laughs> also, I am very deeply into this Christian wrestling league now, and yeah. uh, I'm gonna need to make some phone calls after this. Honestly, yeah. Like, why doesn't this exist? <laughs> I mean, listen. There are lots of points in like the Bible and history or whatever where people are like, okay, we're gonna fight to see whose god is better or whatever. We don't do that anymore, and that's a mistake. Christian wrestling league. <laughs> it's got to be like like faux wrestling or like you know like, like, like yeah beat. professional wrestling but it's uh, just Perfect. explicitly yeah. christian themed all the way through yeah yeah <laughs> we want to reach the kids so we're doing the entirety of the bible but as wrestling match. i mean i would watch that right hell yeah <laughs> Same. oh boy sorry hold on i'm on christianwrestling.com uh, <laughs> and Oh boy, there's some screenshots on the homepage that are, oh wow. Okay, so here are the wrestlers. Jesus Freak, Caprice Coleman, Lodi, L-O-D-I. Important question. Yeah. Is Jesus Freak spelled with an F or a P-H? with an F. Okay, aw, damn. Uh, Terry Blocker, Johnny Lawless, Brixton Shaw, announcer Rodney Simpson, (laughs) Captain with a K, Phil the Real Deal Bishop, nice. Ron okay. Starr, here we go, Major Inconvenience, <laughs> PFC Graham, Ryan Hart, Bam Bam Malone, Seth DeLay, Scotty Matthews, Stacy Took, Aaron Scott, Michael Tarver, Sebastian Envy, Danny Saint, Big Fitz with a Z, Barrett Brown, Eric, it's... One word. I'm going to guess it's Eric Easy Knight. Uh, <laughs> announcer Adam. The Triad. Jamie Hawley. Neo Affliction. Shiloh. Thunder. Malik Champion. The Garden. There's so many. The Garden. Gardner? It's just The Guardian. Uh, Omega. Carl Knight. With a K. Buzzard. Tommy Prince. Gabe Wilder. And then two listed as coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I've uh, I am also now on this website, and they do do birthday parties. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> also, are you almost... looking at the screenshots on the homepage? Because I love this picture. Let's see if it'll 
Actually, the guy who's being choked, just the look on his face of just like, he's just annoyed at the situation. Disgruntled. This is extremely made by WordPress. Like, looking at the site, you can tell. Yeah. There's another Wikipedia page, Warriors for Christ Wrestling. Ooh. Anyway, this is the rest of the episode, Freakle, so... Uh... <laughs> what a vein. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, will, I will be looking into this a lot more after this call. Oh, wow! The roster for Warriors for Christ, Dusty Wolf, Doink the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis Stone, a.k.a. Nightmare. Tommy Gunn, Tony Vega, Chris James, Prince Alpharat, Big Time Tommy, Wheezy Woo. Rocky oh Morocco, God. the great Ryu, Dragon X, Wildman Jack, Johnny Ruckus, Mighty the B, great, the crew, the uh-huh. great Ryu Dragon. Is that what you the said? great the great Ryu? Okay, and then a separate roster called Dragon X. Okay, uh, okay. Mighty B, the Crucifix, Crazy Clown, both of those with K's, El Gusanito, Black and White, Ms. Keen, and Mechanico Loco. As soon as you uh, book this for a birthday party, all of these people show up. It's like, okay, where do we set up? So there's <laughs> other Christmas. other on-screen personnel are listed as Filthy Rich, who's a manager and trainer, the Fire Up Kid, who's a manager, in quotes, Luscious, who's a manager, Bishop Brown, sorry, Bishop Brown, the ring announcer, Ray the Voice, ring announcer, and the last one is Alex slash Rin Tin Tin slash Alfred, and they're listed as referee. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Okay. That's been our Christian wrestling corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a ride. What a corner. Oh my god. Madison, uh, do you want to tag team one more or do we want to end on Christian wrestling um, federations? I request I have one that Go I want to do and we can tag team it. Go uh, for it. Um and very I'll excited. do one more. I was going to request then. I was going to request to go last. Okay, I'll go first. We can break the podcast constitution, I guess. Can uh can, can I can I pitch uh one thing to you, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. Uh exclusively use the CFW wrestlers for your casting choices. Yeah. Okay, I have to pull up the list again. <laughs> you can remember all those? Uh no spoilers, but both of the coming soons are definitely gonna factor heavily. <laughs> Perfect. Well that lit pages loads all. Yeah, why does it load slowly? It's not a very complicated website. It is poorly designed. Uh, I'm assuming these are maybe like very high-res JPEGs they have put into their website. Oh, fat traps. Okay, I'm going to curb a little bit. Or these, I guess these were the worms. I'm going to go with a Greek god needs to cash a paycheck today. Hmm. Cool. Uh, so this is going to be very much... Um, I guess I've spoiled it. The twist is going to be that they are a Greek god. But it's just like a guy uh, played by um, Natalie Portman. No, I, I, I'm using the C Christian oh, Wrestling yeah. Federation uh, performers, and it's taking forever to load. Uh, played by Johnny Lawless. <laughs> um, no idea who this person looks like, but fair enough. Um, and they they walk out of like an apartment building um they get a cab they're trying to they have a cash they need to cash it and they're checking their watch it's like 30 minutes till the bank closes and um the a lot of things happen through here i think that because we already know the twist a lot of the things the miss like 
I almost said mishappenstances. The misfortune that befalls him on his way to the bank is like a big storm happens and a tree is struck by lightning and a limb falls and breaks. Like basically we find out later the gods were trying to stop him. The other gods Mm -hmm. for some reason are pissed and they're trying to stop him from cashing this check. Um, So throughout the whole thing, it just seems like a a really unfortunate day for this one guy. Um, He keeps ignoring a call from his dad in the cab. Mm -hmm. So it's probably like Mm. Apollo. We'll say it's Apollo. Um, Uh, I think as we go along, it also becomes increasingly bizarre. So at one point, like, there's just soldiers having a fight, like, across the street, like, like a war, basically, um, has broken out. Uh, what are the other gods? There's Athena. She's uh, a, a truck full of books has t- toppled. Um, Killing millions. <laughs> yeah. Um, the cab driver has a heart attack. Uh, and they careen into the ocean where he's like, Hey, you know what? I didn't, I didn't bat an eye at your Giancarlo Esposito as the devil. I mean, Jackson did a whole thing about Protestant wrestlers. (laughs) Cut me a break. (laughs) (laughs) They're driving down Lakeside in Chicago and they careen off and they end up in the lake. Uh, and, uh, like, he starts to drown and it's like, Oh no, my foot's caught on some something underwater and like, I'm going to drown. I'm not going to make it. And he finally gets out. Um, and he cashes the check. Uh, and I, I guess the question is then what's the money for? Why don't the gods want him to cash this? The other gods want him to cash this check. Um, but oh, I mean, there's just like annoyed at him. There's no, like <clears throat> no deeper meaning. There's like, he didn't, he made a bad joke or something. Oh, uh, what it's going to be is, um, he actually leaves like a poker game and then a la clash of the Titans. We see the rest of the players standing over the table and it's like clear so that they can see through it. And that's how they're influencing okay. the rest of his day. Oh yeah. 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 I like that. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to call it cash of the Titans. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, All right, Madison. All right. Um, <laughs> Mike, you're gonna hate this. Uh, Color me surprised. Host of a podcast, relive a trauma in the middle of a, of the desert. Mm-hmm. So this is gonna be us in the middle of a desert, uh, <sighs> and we are going to uh, you and me are gonna be played by you and me. Maybe I don't know. Like I'll ask you. Uh, I'll, ask, I'll ask. Oh, I'm played by Seth Rogen for sure. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know who plays me. Um, Sam Reich. No. Um, S- Sam Reich. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're played by Jay Baruchel. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. Um, so we um get stranded in the desert, uh, flying over to Europe for the um, you know, the podcast conference, uh-huh. and we um, our plane crashes. We land in a desert of some sort. Um, that is some somewhere between here and Europe. Europe. Yep. Uh, <laughs> And um, <laughs> we have to, um, we're, uh, we both wake up. We're the only survivors that we can find from the plane crash. <laughs> and we wander until we find this um, um, sort of like a, a, a gauntlet, like arena sort of place. <laughs> and um, we have to um, sort of like boss rush fight 
um, all of the horrible creations we've made um, over the years. <laughs> so um, definitely um, Flesh Mound Beetlejuice is there. Um, uh, uh, Dark Angel Matilda thing is there. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other like really horrible <laughs> things? Um, those are the two that I was thinking of. Um, um, this, um, this, the gross-ass skin changer from Return to Mayberry saving people hunting things. Libertarian uh, Wario is there. Um, Lisa Kudrow, who's a werewolf and also possessed by the ghost of Luigi Mario. Yes, yeah. How dare yeah. you? How f- Absolutely how dare you. <laughs> uh, Gordo is there, and he, he knows magic. Gordo is there. We have to fight the fact that Jackson agreed to do Avengers having not watched Christmas Chronicles and then proceeded to not watch Christmas Chronicles, even though they were going to be Santa Claus. Admittedly, I had hey. no idea it was going to be Santa Claus. That was a revelation. Yeah, um, Gordo is definitely there. Uh, I think through the entire time, um, we were like, treated to this like um, announcer um, who is, says they're going to grant us a wish if we fight all the uh, atrocities that we uh-huh. uh, um, fought. And the twist at the end, or or, um, or this isn't the twist, but um, it turns out that um, we have to fight the announcer at the end, and it is Dulé Hill who was beside him the entire time, <laughs> obviously. Um, and he's like, like he, he like controls like the weather, and he like floods the arena, and we have like a cool like ship battle. Um, I think mm-hmm. that'd be cool. And the twist at the end is that uh, we wake up, and it was actually. Um, um, you're in the hospital, and it was your dreams. Because um, you're dying. <laughs> yeah, because I fell in a library and hit my head, and I'd been page-mastered the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you call it, Madison? Um, the uh, Gauntlet of the Equalizer. Just desserts. Just desserts. The Equalizer's just desserts. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, well, uh, so we get to watch Seth Rogen and Jay Bruce will fight Dulé Hill, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't that sound like a good time? I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, all three of them were killed in the filming of that episode. Oh, yeah. unfortunate. Oh, God. Um, it's weird. Everybody who agreed to be in this movie actually died during the filming of it. Yeah, Oops. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we... But, uh, uh, Madison Jones and Mike Knoll made millions off of the uh, oh, selling, the license, se- selling the license of our films off for the Yeah, we're, I mean, we don't need a Patreon. We've got the Twilight Zone, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Madison, with that, with that concluded, did we do it? <laughs> I think we all did it. I think we all did it. Uh, we have our eight, eight sections of this four-hour movie. Uh, Tis the Season, Gruel Intentions, Showstopper, Mark of a Man, Johnny Clues in the Great Soapbox Mystery, Eel Face Turn, Cash of the Titans, and The Gauntlet of the Equalizers. <laughs> now that's a lineup, right? Good lord. And only half of them have Finn Wolfhard in them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it saves money to reuse actors. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. It works so well for Cloud Atlas. We got a group right. rate on... <laughs> <laughs> we got a group rate on uh, Giancarlo Espinito and uh, Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> well, Madison, if we all did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Tell the people where they can find us. 
People can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers Podcast. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. Our Instagram is the underscore equalizers. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. Like in sequel. Like in sequel. Oh, Jackson gotcha. (laughs) Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Step Strutting, off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching Banana Boys. And as always, that's spelled B-O-Y-E-S, like in, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The the full album is available (laughs) on all streaming services now. Daniel Nah, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell the people where they can find you if they'd like to find your... uh, your cadre of products. I don't know why I phrased it like that. But. <laughs> sure. Uh, you can find my cadre uh, at uh, theapodcalypse.com. That's the apodcalypse, Like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. It's a very dumb pun. But uh, We will I, link that in the show notes as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but the two I primarily do well, podcast-wise are uh, I make Audiomorphs, which is just the young uh, adult science fiction series from the 90s, The Animorphs. I make audiobooks of that. Uh, so does Scholastic now, but I have more than them, so really, who's winning? Uh, I, yeah. I still, it boggles my mind you have not been shut down. How Me many too. episodes are you at now? Uh, 184, uh, which uh, translates to uh, 17 and a third of a book, I think, at this point. Damn. Good lord. Yeah. So um, you're what, like about a fourth of the way done? Yeah, we're getting there. Um, like about to hit another Megamorphs, though, yeah, and yeah. that will slow me down a lot. Mm, yeah. Um, and then the other one I do consistently is uh, a rewatch podcast with my friend Jesse. We're currently rewatching uh, the CW show Riverdale, which is a hot train wreck of a show that I love dearly. I need you all to get through Riverdale quick so you can get to Nancy Drew, because that's... Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I have so many thoughts about Nancy Drew. If you get to Nancy Drew, let me know. I will be on as many episodes as okay, you want to talk about good. that absolutely ridiculous show. All right. I, and I haven't seen any uh, of Nancy Drew, so we would both be going to that one fresh. It'd be very exciting. God, yes. Uh, it is very much written like a Twilight Zone episode. It's like, oh, and also this is just true. <laughs> Great. It's um, like by the same people as Riverdale, so I have expectations. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um. All right. Jackson, where can the people find your cadre of products? Um, I am one half of Gratuitous Pausing. We are a movie bracket podcast. Uh, we're on hiatus right now because uh, we finish a, uh, finish a bracket and then the plague was a lot. And we're like, you know what? We're just going to be on break for a bit. But hopefully by the time we find out, it might be coming back soon. We'll see. Uh, yes, this will be the week after Christmas. Sure. Um, also, I'm half of... Uh, uh, mm-hmm. mm. Punch you up for space time. Yep, there we go. Hang on, I'll get there. Ah, I said in Granada, uh, we are a Sherlock Holmes Rush podcast with Mike Knoll, who you might also know of. Uh, Whoa, I heard that guy's an asshole. Yeah, don't like him much. He's, he's tolerable, I guess. He's, he's, he's my least favorite half of the Equalizers. Um, That's fair. I mean, he's, he's, he's most really, people's least favorite half of everything he does. Including. You just really wish he was that. Seth Rogen, right? You just really wish he was just more Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Craven. Fine. Um, you know what? I'll just smoke a shitload of weed before every episode from now on. And then you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you'll all see. <laughs> um, uh, and a uh, setting chronologist just came back. So 
jump on with us for um, uh, Musgrave ritual. Yeah, jump on with us for the Musgrave ritual. Excellent. Madison, do you have anything that you would like to plug additionally? Yeah, nothing to plug. I just want to say prequels and uh, Daniel, Jackson, Mike. As horrible uh, or as disappointing as this year has been, the my most probably one of my most favorite thing has been this podcast. So um, one of the great things. Why did you include uh, the other two in that? They were just here today. They weren't there. They were there. Really I put up with you every week. I... Oh my god! Way to tramp. Way to way to trump on my my very no. sweet endearing moment. Uh, but no, legitimately, doing this podcast has been one of the many shining lights of this year. And I thank you all, uh, especially you, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. Especially you, Mike. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Need to walk back a few comments. <laughs> No, uh, I agree. This has been this has been a great a big spot for me too, and that's largely because uh, of of you, Madison, and also our wonderful guests throughout the year. Uh, too many to name at this point. Mostly Daniel and Jackson, but we've had <laughs> Karen McMichael. Maya uh, Maya was on. They were both uh, going to be here. Unfortunately, they were both detained. Uh, we were going to have both of them um, on as well, but here as we circle in in the do- the. Uh, we circle the dusk of our second era. Uh, we do want to thank everybody who's been a part of the Equalizers here in 2020. Uh, and everybody try to have a very safe and happy new year. And we will see you next time for our second ever new year, new chances, where we th- take a movie that had sequels, we throw them away and come up with a new one. That's Madison Jones and I shout Cetus Lapidus for Xenon Girl of the 21st Century 2. <laughs> <sighs> We recorded that this afternoon, and that's the correct response. (laughs) (laughs) So, for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Daniel Nah. I'm Jack Steffen. I'm Mike Knoll. To be continued. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. And then you pump your open palms, and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it, you barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man, now follow my lead, and we'll do the two-step strut. Come on, dance with me.